Everything we do today, everything we do is based on consumer technology, whether it's the price of data, whether it's cameras, I mean, GoPro, okay, GoPro, with, with the cameras we use today are a version of GoPro, right? Um, whether it's a new, new fatigue test, that's all pattern and AI, or um, driver distraction on a camera, that's AI, or sensors on a hub to tell me if my hub bearings or brakes or tires are going bad, or tire pressure inflation, all of that today is based on Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cellular, all consumer technology hitting us. Yeah. It's Obviously, it's being tweaked for industrial uses, but it's really an interesting um, set of circumstances. So I counted up the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I, I, I figured out oh, about 15 applications around a truck. There are about just about 30 different applications around a truck that you can get to. Hey, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Caution Wide Right. I'm Luke, your host, and today we're going to talk about the future of vehicle and in-cab technology. We all know that in 2018, ELDs were pushed across the trucking industry, but I don't think many of you knew that the technology goes back to AOBRDs in 1988, I won't mention how old I was at the time, but since then the telematic and vehicle tracking hardware and software has improved dramatically, helping both truckers manage their time and equipment as well as carriers managing fleet efficiency and safety. But right now we're dealing with the bottom of a freight market, high costs in vehicle maintenance and insurance carriers dealing with high claims and increased nuclear verdicts and so much more. The costs are just crazy right now. So how can vehicle tech help today and what are the next steps with this technology? We find out as we chat with John Elsner, CEO of Pedigree Technologies and jo Joshua DeCock, VP of Product Management. Pedigree is a premier provider of tech solutions in the telematics and Internet of Things space for North America. In fact, in 2021, the company received an Internet of Things Innovator Award for trucking fleet management. John Elsner joined Pedigree in 2021 after a long career in key leadership positions with CalAMP, a Pedigree supplier, and leading manufacturer of telematics and Internet of Things devices. Joshua has been in the tech industry since 2004, moving his way to Pedigree in 2009, and is now VP of Product Management, where he works heavily with customers, sales, engineering, support, and executives to deliver software solutions that exceed customer expectations. John, Joshua, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, Luke. So, Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, and really just to get things started, uh, we're gonna we're gonna look into the past in 2018. So um, many of our listeners might remember that the ELD rollout had so many headaches. Uh, maybe they were trying to cheat the ELD systems. Roadside enforcements had their own issues and so much more. And I'm just curious, from Pedigree's perspective, what was the biggest headaches uh, during that sort of five-year rollout uh, with ELDs in, in your guys' perspective? Yeah, I think the biggest uh, headache was just, you know, there's so much... So many people waited to the last minute, as we all do for so many things. Yeah. And, and that meant on both sides, right? So certainly in, in the truckers and the, and the companies, but also even the um, the officers and the auditors understanding those details and how it should work. And so there's a lot of kind of interpretation on the fly happening, especially in the field. And so you have people who don't necessarily know what they're even asking or what they're looking for. And so there was a lot of, a lot of learning. We had many a number of calls we had coming to support line 
just shot through the roof right you know right after that date switched and yeah. a lot a large number of them were just things like how do i how do i do this like what what does this mean and they were just general eld questions about how that worked and you know it, it's it's really calmed down people it's, it's kind of the the standard status quo now so people generally know things you know yep. you do get new officers coming you recognize like hey you must be new to uh to be an officer <laughs> pulling people over auditing people because asking questions i had a, a guy the other day asking me um like he's like this i don't see the signature on this yeah it's an electronic signature he's like well i need to see an actual signature right i was like no 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 <laughs> So a lot of a lot of learnings, you know. I think just in that space, and at any time you have government mandates, you're going to have a lot of okay. How do we interpret this? What do they actually mean in some of these yeah. situations? So, and honestly, I remember 2018. It was like, guys, just plug in the device. Like that's like the longest key. That was the longest piece. It was just sitting around for so long, not even getting plugged in. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people are thinking, how do I? Is there a way we can get around this, or when can when should we use it? All do I always have to do this, or does I even qualify for this? Do I have to do it? And so there's just again lots of learnings. So I think we're a lot better place nowadays. We're just people at least understand the baseline. So yeah. Well, and speaking of which, so uh, this year was sort of the rollout for Canada implementing their ELDs. I'm just curious, has that rollout been much smoother? Uh, is there different types of headaches that we're seeing uh, with them? Yeah, I think it's certainly smoother, um, but I think some of the way that Canada works is that there's a little bit less federal power uh, right. pushing forth the rule, and so there's a lot within the provinces that, and it's a little really how much is the province taking it seriously. So you just see in certain areas of Canada it not being taken as seriously, um, and so I think it you know, you know depending that's why. You just won't see as much um, much rollout or adapt ad adoption of ELD in certain areas of Canada and certain other. You know, the bigger companies are more proactively adopting, knowing that you're going to have to do it anyway. But I think, uh, you know, in the U.S., what they found, what people found, was okay. If I'm getting asked about it at when I'm, I'm going through a way station and things like that, like I better start doing this, and I'm going to have problems if I don't. I think it's a little more depends on where you're at in Canada situation. Um, so we see different problems, um, but not not maybe the same extreme as we saw in the U.S. Yeah, and I know like the U.S., what there's like 300-ish ELD providers that were self-certified. And then I know Canada, they had their own certification process that, uh, you know, was a little bit more stringent, um, hopefully less people qualifying. How was that process for, for pedigree? Was it easy to get qualified under Canadian rule or was there a lot of changes you had to do on the back end? Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of changes, but it was certainly much more, um, you know, they, they checked and ran through the tests and everything, this third party. So it was a lot more involved. You know, I think we were the uh, first U.S. company certified in Canada. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the reality is we have to certify, I think, a, a portion of the of, of the ELD every year. And then every, like, I think it's four years, is it, that we uh, have to recertify everything. So it's, wow. we've already done gone through two, re, through two partial certifications since the original. Um, so it's certainly ongoing. Um, and again, I think it, it is, it's good. It's better for everyone. It's better for, um, oh, yeah. for, for the, the, you know, in, in the U S the real problem was self-certification meant that really it ended up being on the carriers. If the carrier didn't pick and actually know what they were doing, 
they could easily pick someone who, and it would be on them, right? They it would be their fault in effect, and they wouldn't get the fines, and not the care, not the ELD provider. So I think it's much better in this situation, and I would never select an ELD provider in the U.S. that wasn't also certified in Canada because totally. you're really just opening yourself up for risk. Yep, totally. And I'm curious. So obviously, you know what we learned. There was so many headaches that customer service was key. And I, th- I know you sort of brought it up earlier too, but customer service is key to success. And that's one of the things we strive for here at CNS. But how is Pedigree keeping up with managing customer service today? Are, are you, what are you guys doing right? Is it, how is that looking? Are you, are you tackling it um, <laughs> well moving forward? That's a great question, yeah. So, I mean, I think for us, uh, support is a huge thing, right? Especially because... Um, you need an answer and you answer quickly because you, you're, if this is people's livelihood, it's their business. And we appreciate that. We really want to make sure that they are able to get questions answered. Sometimes those questions are simple questions. Sometimes it's, hey, some device failed, things happen. And so, but getting a quick answer. So we usually, I think we have a, more than 80% uh, first call resolution and usually answer the phone within less, with less than a minute. I think in some, recently our number was down to 30 seconds uh, where you get a lot of our competitors and their numbers are in the range of like, to people, we hear horror stories, people saying, I call in and I don't hear back for a week or more than a week. And it's like, that's just not acceptable, right? So I don't know how you can oh, really yeah. work with someone else, but that doesn't care about your business at that level. Um, so it's critical for us and it's always a top priority. We want, right, and we're okay with, some other companies will also say your the drivers cannot call in, only the managers can call in and they work with the drivers. We encourage the drivers to call in and we can talk directly and solve your problem as quickly as possible. Um, get you what you need and get you on your way. So that's that's, yeah, that's a awesome. key to being a good ELD service provider is the, our lifeblood. And I'm curious too, so since the ELD rollout, I don't know, it's been at least five years now, how has the technology changed, which is what we're going to talk a lot about today, but how has the technology changed and where are ELDs going? It's really telematic devices, but what are where are ELDs going in the future? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, compliance-wise, I don't see that a lot of those things changing in a lot yeah. of ways. But I do think, you know, what what we're seeing, or we're always trying to work through is, okay, I've got we've got an ELD, and it's, it it needs to exist for compliance purposes. But from our perspective, we've got to find the place where we can keep the customer compliant and not be at risk, but also let the help them to keep running their business and help them to be more efficient and more more performant. And like at this point, right, in the past, you didn't need to have a lot of technology in your cab to go. But now, since you have to have an ELD anyway in your, the vehicle, yeah, let's take advantage of that. Let's make your business more efficient, easier. How do you, um, how do you, how do you uh, learn about the DTCs on that vehicle when there's a problem and proactively fix them before you have some maintenance issues? How do you make sure your, your tire pressure is is good. I mean, the amount of fuel loss from tire, bad tire pressure is huge, or tires are such a huge cost in the business. Um, and we're always looking at new technologies that can we can leverage. And just really, we have this. There's a really a beachhead in that vehicle now with this, uh, the tablet. And the tablet is uh, for using for an ELD or a phone used for an ELD. And so why don't we leverage those and take it a step further? And so we, we would even say like good examples would be things like. Um, hey, I'm need to do a. Um, some businesses need to do a yard move, uh, and they do that around their yard all the time. But then there's this complexity of the drivers maybe not moving those vehicles, but a yard jockey's moving those vehicles. And so how do we help 
do deal with that and having ELD records and we're going to make that yard jockey log in every single time and I don't know if I had records. So we're just always trying to think about ways to handle that better. Um, so we're doing things like you can mark a geofence for the yard. And then as that vehicle moves around that yard, if someone doesn't log in, we're going to automatically recognize that that movement was all within the yard, not on the road. And we can automatically mark that and annotate that unidentified record as a yard move. And that's a big deal because now the amount of management going into unidentified records from yard moves, you could just have this person devoted to doing that full time. So the more we can automate those things and simplify those things, all the better. So we're always looking for different ways um, and, and, and different ways to see overall how your fleet's doing, right? Where, what areas do you have maybe more unidentified records coming from? Is there a certain, certain a region or certain situations that's causing those? Um, are there certain error types of HOS violations? You know, for our, for us, it's all about like, how can you look at your whole fleet and your risk in the moment? So if you got an audit that came in today, show me the exposure I have and where I need to focus my efforts now and, and really, one at a time, I can just go knock each one of those off to make sure I get compliant. I'm, I'm as compliant as I can be and deal with those problems. As opposed, you don't want to find out about those problems from an auditor that comes in, right? You want to know right. now. So we're just trying to simplify that. And that's we've heard a lot of great feedback from our customers saying that the ability to see um, where my problems are, what to focus on, and then where to drill down into to improve those problems makes their life so much easier, right? Because there's a lot to know in compliance and ELD and and and, tr and trucking, and so the software really are, can guide you down the path to take to keep uh, you compliant. And so that's really we're always trying to find ways to simplify those things. And what we always hear from people is, I I am so busy, I have so many things to do, I don't have enough time in my day. And so um, when we say to someone, hey, we have maybe a new feature, one of the things they're always saying to us is, well, are you are you asking me to do more with the little time I have. And right. so our answer, we're always thinking as we're building now, we got to find ways for the technology to do the heavy lifting as much as possible for the manager, for the driver. And so there's a lot of, you know, we have a, it's a really nice new uh, um, driver kind of self-coaching, self-feedback mechanism that we're releasing here later in Q4. We're really kind of, the goal is to, how do I let the driver know, hey, yeah, there was maybe, um, a speeding or heartbreaking issue or compliance issue. And I can even show, here's where it happened. And here's the time that happened. And here's the context of what happened. And you can say, oh yeah, okay, I understand that. And I maybe learn from that. Or maybe it's like, oh yeah, that curve, going around that curve is a lot more of, of an acceleration um, or hard cornering than I expected. So next time I'm gonna know better. And and then we do, look, look, no one wants to have their manager call them and tell them right. uh, how to do a better job. So if I can just maybe keep that more a direct feedback loop so I can improve myself and improve the business. And then for those people, maybe drivers who don't care or aren't actually reacting and improving to those feedback, that feedback, then they, then the managers can deal with them, right? They can be the exception scenario. So that's the goal. How do we let technology do the heavy lifting? Yeah. It's just, it's just a, to highlight that. I mean, I think the tablet, you know, was one dimensional five years ago. Now the tablet is going to become much more interesting because it becomes the control center the entertainment center even for drivers. So drivers may not have to do tire pressure management if you've got a system that is letting the driver know what the what this you know what the tire pressure overflated, underflated is ahead of time. They may be using that as Josh just mentioned for self-coaching. They might be using it for a uh, 
set of training when they're off the road. They might need messages coming back and forth. So it's a communication console. Maybe even something, you know, cameras can tie in and and um, uh, whether it's camera designating fatigue or some level of other AI, you can have the fatigue warning coming up on on the um, on the uh, tablet. You can have speed warning. So you're going down a curve in the Rockies. Ah, better slow down. We know you have a full load. 55 isn't really what you should be going. You should be going 52. So these sort of proactive things that can actually help a driver and simplify a driver's life is now becoming possible because you got a piece of hardware in there that has to be there and new applications are popping up all the time. I think the really important thing is, I think sometimes people are afraid technology is going to be used against drivers. The reality is like, like John said, if it can detect fatigue, it should not, it should be a, the ability to tell the driver, hey, get a cup of coffee. Hey, tell your manager you need to take a break for five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it might be, as opposed to being pushed to drive past your limits, right? And so I think they're really, when you look at it from that perspective, it should serve the driver. And look, the drivers are probably the best drivers. These drivers are the best drivers on the road. They're the ones the camera should be helping, not hurting. Oh, totally. And it should be about creating a safety or a, a team of you know, your management should be cheering you on your management. You know, this data can also like show, Hey, you're doing this well. Yeah. You made this mistake here. Here's something you did well using it as a training tool. So kudos and let's make it work better. I totally agree. And I think that's one of the things I liked most uh, with pedigree uh, last couple of years, you know, like the driver scorecard. Um, so if you got a lot of drivers, you know, Hey, whether they're having a harsh braking issue or other issue, they can sort of score these little you know, whether it's mistakes or things that red flags that pop up, just that we know that for safety or for insurance to look at, uh, I mean, you know, hours of service issue that frequently pops up, then you can sort of create a score around it, measure how people are doing, and then using it into a, a training tool of like, hey, well, here's where you need to improve. You're doing good here, but you need to improve here. I'm curious, like for driver scorecards specifically, what are you seeing fleets utilize the most uh, for like, like what to monitor, what to measure. Yeah, I th- you know, I think um, the classic things are the most obvious ones when it comes to hard braking, um, and then and and posted speed limit violations. Right. I think those are the most. I think the next natural one ends up being idling time, because idling costs can be high for fuel. Uh, I, I think you know the, we built our scorecard to really say you should be able to decide what matters to you and. You know, maybe today you start with those classics and that basic safety one, but maybe you want to add in tracking about HOS violations, or maybe it's um, how many how many unidentified records you have, and or maybe how much you're tailgating. And 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 you you know, I think what we often find is that for everyone starts at a certain point, and as they improve, then it's like, well, that problem becomes is falling off, and your grades are getting better, and it makes sense to add maybe another factor in there. Um, and so we're, we're, I think we're seeing newer um, newer factors coming into the scorecards. And I think we're seeing, you know, what we have too, even we have a scorecard you can put on the driver, but you also can put one on the equipment even and say, hey, what's the scorecard on that truck? And then they, the score is not very good because your tire pressure is low, right? Your score is not good. You've got a bunch of DTCs on there they are not being dealt with. And so you got to make sure the health of that vehicle is good and the health of that driver performance is good. And, you know, in the future, too, I mean, I think there's going to be more consistency in rating fleets, whether it's an insurance credit card score or yes. even even um, 
you know, you know, and insurance companies, you know, they're going to go lowest common denominator. So how many miles you drive, are you driving at night? Um, but also even things with respect to nuclear verdicts. If I can tell tell a company, hey, your score is a little bit low and you're more susceptible to a nuclear verdict because you're not following these six parameters or whatever they happen to be. That's really useful information for folks not only to understand, you know, what their safety exposure is, but also what their um, liability exposure is to people who want to, uh, you know, just take them for all they're worth. So it's sort of an interesting new concept that we're investigating, actually. No, it's fantastic. And I mean, there's so much technology out there. I do want to take a step back for like what the vehicle can do. So um, today, you, you, a lot of people, maybe they're new to the industry. Uh, maybe, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't gotten their CDL yet. They might think of a truck going down the road. It's just a diesel engine and a trailer hauling loads. That's not what it is anymore. There's so much tech all the way around the vehicle, inside, outside, uh, trailer, front. I'm just curious, what are some of the top, you know, most common or top asset tracking uh, you know, tools that are available around the truck? And you know, what are the most common that you see uh, being, I don't know, most useful uh, being implemented with Pedigree? So I'm going to take that at a high level first. So, okay. you know, the business that we're in, this telematics business, it's really applying sensors to collect information, and then you can act on that information. And the amount of, you know, as you're talking, Luke, the amount of stuff that's coming out is is really hitting us from a really consumer level, uh, consumer technology level. In the last 10 years, there's been very, very little stuff coming from industry or science or government that's hitting us other than the compliance, that's a rule, but that's not the yeah. technology coming in. Everything we do today, everything we do is based on consumer technology, whether it's the price of data, whether it's cameras, I mean, GoPro, okay, GoPro, with, with the cameras we use today are a version of GoPro, right? Um, whether it's a new, new fatigue test, that's all pattern and AI, or um, driver distraction on a camera, that's AI or sensors on a hub to tell me if my hub bearings or brakes or tires are going bad or tire pressure inflation. All of that today is based on Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cellular, all consumer technology hitting us. Yeah. It's obviously it's being tweaked for industrial uses, but it's really an interesting um, set of circumstances. So I counted up the other day and I couldn't believe it. I, I, I figured out oh, about 15 applications around a truck. There are about just about 30 different applications around a truck that you can get to. And obviously the most common are ELD and cameras. Those are the most, you know, you see right. the most, but you know, there are, there are just a variety of different things where you're now taking um, Bluetooth technologies and adding that to get more sensors around a vehicle. And you're using um, just all kinds of uh, mapping database capabilities to provide information back loopbacks to the driver about where they are, whether it's weather or whether it's a curve or is you know steep hill. You know you get that kind of stuff. Also, it's coming off the engine. Okay, great. Not only you know is something going, I get a you know little light saying, oh, I got a trouble, but now there's stuff coming off the engine where they're predicting that hey, if you have these six parameters going on at the same time, you're likely to have this major problem. In the next two weeks, you better you better attend to that. And so now you're getting predictive maintenance again through AI and machine learning patterning off the off the vehicle. So there's just a huge amount of stuff that's sort of hitting the industry. And I think that's one of the challenges for everybody here trying to help out is how, how do you parse that? How do you 
how do you get there and how, how do you really provide the most value uh, to your customer base and help them connect the dots and you know, save time, save, uh, increase safety and uh, save some costs. I, you know, the interesting thing too, I would say is there's certain a lot of, we always love the new technologies and I, I'm first and foremost in that area, but the funny thing is some, it's amazing how common some of the simplest solutions are and the ROI on like, again, ROI on tires and tire pressure monitoring is just such a no brainer ROI on asset tracking, same way, right? Like it, the number of stories we hear about, like, I've just lost a trailer and trailers are a little expensive, right? And it's, and the cost of tracking asset tracking nowadays, or even just doing Bluetooth tracking is just, it's, has gotten so low that in the scheme of things, the ROI is just so simple. And so I just think, um, it, it, it's easy. It's an easy, uh, easy path to get there. And we, we always, we always push customers to say, look, start small. There's a lot of things you can do. You don't have to do everything all at one time, but there's a lot of things you can do. And your ROI is just going to be very, very straightforward and very plain. You're going to really, it's an easy path to take ROI. It's just one thing at a time, but on the path and you'll be, thankfully you did do it now before it's too late. Totally. And let's start with some of the most common, and we'll walk into, into each of these, uh, you know, the trailer, the tires, the, the cameras. Let's start with the cameras. So you got, you know, forward-facing cameras, backward-facing cameras, driver-facing cameras. I'm curious, you know, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship with uh, driver-facing cameras specifically, monitoring the, the, the face, all that. Um, we had a we had a uh, a camera company on Netrodyne uh, talking about it, and you know we of course get the love in the comments, um, uh, disagreeing with everything being said. But the the truth is the safety safety, but then like insurance, it, it's a must for insurance. It's a must for claims and fighting litigation uh, for for being able to prove something. And I'm just curious. How how do you see that tech? Uh, you know, how do you how do you guys use it uh, specifically at Pedigree? Is it your your own software, uh, your own equipment, right? Yeah. So the 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 cameras which we use um, is based upon a company called Lightmetrics. So the reason, again, Pedigree's philosophy is, for those who don't know, is very much a um, we're in the best of breed devices. And we're really a software company pulling those best of breed devices. So it's new yes. technology that comes out tomorrow. How do we leverage that? Get that in, in our, um, our our customer hands as soon as possible. We don't have to create a whole new board. We can just leverage other devices as they come. So the the, the perfect fit for Lightmetrics with us is that they have a similar philosophy, right? They're doing the AI logic uh, to do the recognition via the camera on the imaging and when things are happening. But that can their technology or their software that sits there can sit on multiple different cameras, right? So since we've worked with them, I think there's been we've gone through three or four different cameras um, over the years, and now we're at the current cameras we're at. It's always this again reduction in, in increase in performance, reduction in cost, just like we're seeing in phones all the time, right? So hey, tomorrow uh, we can offer you a new. There's a new device, and that device works better and captures higher quality video and a smarter AI. Um, and then we can even always roll out new things, right? So we're even, there's testing with the recognition of um, not wearing a seatbelt now, or I can recognize they're texting versus they're eating versus they're smoking. And then for us, again, for those options, that's really all what matters to the customer. Um, what's the value? I think the number one value is I can get a, a, a DVR recorded 
um, image or video of what happened when there was an accident. So often it ends up being that someone else, you know, maybe uh, swipe side swiped into them or that they stopped and pulled right in front of them. So that's why that video is so important. So we've got a lot of customers who just say, we aren't interested in driver facing. That's totally fine. Um, and other ones are. And so what's the right fit for you? And from our perspective, it's always like, what's the right fit now and tomorrow is if that fit wants to change, that's the great thing. You could buy, we have a, a dual facing camera, forward and reverse. You can easily put a, a cover over that driver facing camera and you can, Again, you don't have to pay for any data flowing through it. It could be turned on later. It could never be turned on. And then there's yeah. now an, even another option camera we're going to offer here very shortly that is side and rear cameras that you can add in. Again, you don't have to do that right now, but the additional cost on the hardware to have those as options kind of future-proof is very minor. So I think that from our perspective, it's just like, hey, let's let's put the options out there because you know to, there's, we're not moving to a world of less technology, right? We're moving to more. So what's the, how do, how do we enable those things? How do you say, Hey, tomorrow let's upgrade your scorecard to check and see if um, we'll get, we'll, we'll track if your drivers are wearing their seatbelt and before we didn't care. Now we do care because there's safety reasons. Maybe insurance will drop, costs will go down. So we want to get flexible. We want our customers to have choices to be able to say, this is what matters to me today. And tomorrow I can expand into this technology. Yep. Ah, very interesting. Very interesting. And so like, then if you look at the trailer, so the trailer, there's so there's a dozen different types of trailers. You got tanks. So you got ways to potentially monitor the, the fluid level in, in the tank. You have reefer. So you got to control the temperature. Um, and, and, you know, pre the pre-trip inspection is always interesting for each of these, um, you know, cargo themselves, whether the trailer has a tracking device or the cargo that itself has a tracking device, um, so if that gets stolen, um, that can be monitored, that can be tracked. I'm curious, how, how is it implemented with, uh, you know, like with OneView, um, with, with your tech? Uh, how, how do they all communicate with each other? Is it, is it the back end to the fleet manager? Is it something on the screen as well? Is it a mix of both? Do you want to take that, John? Yeah, go ahead, take that. Okay, yeah. So it, it, again, it depends on the scenario, right? The goal is that uh, it's very, uh, I can do, I can do solution A, solution B, and solution C. And I can, and well, and I, what I, if I have these three solutions, it's not one plus one plus one is three, right? It's one plus one plus one. We get six, right? We get some other additional benefits. So in the case of, uh, let's do, let's talk about monitoring, throwing Bluetooth TPMS sensors on a trailer. That's really simple. I can have that data pick up by um, by another, maybe by the ELD or by a tracker on the trailer. And I don't have to worry about, again, that that's picked up by the right trailer or the right tracker. It could be a trailer nearby it. And when I get that data back, that data goes back to the, to the cloud, to the OneView servers, and then the driver can log in. He can see that on his ELD. It's available in his ELD to see the current TPMS. So he logs in, in the morning, needs to do his, his pre-inspection, and he can immediately see what the tire pressure is. He doesn't have to go back and check those tires. He already sees the, awesome. that data. He can, same for a reefer monitoring, right? He's got a reefer monitor. He can see that data and they can get notified and people in the back office can see all that data, but he can also see that. Um, in the, we're working on a, an interesting solution around a cargo camera. So you can see how full that is. You can even see an image of what's in the trailer, things like that. So um, again, what what value is there and what do you want to know? Um, and you can start, 
you know, you start, again, start small and start with TPMS and add other sensors on. That's the great thing about BLE sensors we're so excited about. You got some TPMS sensors, maybe I have a hub sensor that tells me the health of the hub. Now maybe I've added a door sensor, I add a temperature sensor, and, you know, tomorrow is another sensor I'm going to add in. Axle, just, axle load yeah, sensors. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, exactly. the exciting thing about this is that we just, you know, with the new technology, again, this consumer technology, consumer technology by definition is trying to make things simpler. Now, it doesn't always work. Bluetooth has been, had a long struggle over 15 years, right? I mean, we still have old headsets that don't, you know, work the first time. But the technology has come a long, long way. And if you can use Bluetooth technology to replace load cells, that's okay, that's a half a day installation versus, a, you know, an hour installation, right? Okay, yeah. and for, versus having a separate terminal in the cab versus just having that pop into the ELD terminal was axle load or tire pressure management or door open, door closed or humidity, um, anything that you can pick up and that Bluetooth sensors on it, why not bring it back in and make it easy? I mean, tire pressure alone, think about it, right? The old days you put, put the load cells in and you have to get some type of terminal up the front to let the driver know what's, what's, what's up in terms of each tire. Well, now it's simply, I screw it on, I screw off the cap, I screw it on, and then I do some mapping to compare, you know, it's tire number seven, that's that's it. It's more like what a consumer does when you add a, a device to your home. You're adding a device, you're you know pairing it with your, your router, you're done. That's a huge difference. And that's, yes. just, that's just the front end. Now the back end is, okay, I don't have to sell, you know, every, every year or two, there's a, a driver in North Dakota that's found in the spring, they're thawed because they were out there in 20 below zero and they died <laughs> testing the tires, yeah. doing the tire checks. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm teasing here, but think about it. I mean, it's 10 minutes of time if they're doing it. And if it's extreme weather condition, it's, it's horrible, horrible thing to ask them to do. And so, now it's all automated and that's not because of anything special that is occurring when you know we're not the experts on that particular edge piece of, of of technology we're just finding the right experts to tie it all together and so that's kind of what's fun about this space is we're always talking to new people about new new types of technology um so and that makes us um that makes us a fun job let me put it that way oh, yeah and, and the cool thing about ble you have to say right so you know we've got sensors that are little puck sensors that are five years, some are 20 years, and it's just this little puck sensor. All it does is broadcast out. And so, you know, with old Bluetooth technology, you have situations where you have to connect, you know, even with the ELDs, right? You got to connect and it's got to establish that connection and keep it going. But in the the new sensor BLE technology, it's just broadcasting some data out. You're just listening. So it, the simplicity and like, hey, I missed one, doesn't matter, I'm gonna do that next time. 10 seconds later, I've got another one coming by, I can listen to that one. So there's real improvements of technology that we can take advantage of, um, again, by by the telematics piece, by the ELD, by the camera, um, and by our phones just nearby. So it's really exciting to see how you can, again, add, a, add on top of each other and stack further and further. So in one other thing, though, it's sort of interesting that data flow can be very, so he's talking about data flow, and again, this gets a little bit geeky, but it, that's where it gets kind of complicated because maybe it's a tire pressure and you can pick it up locally on your ELD or a trailer tracker, you can pick up that data. Right, here's the tire pressure, it's whatever it happens to be, it's two pounds overweight or two pounds under inflation. Well, now let's just talk about an axle load. But the driver wants to know when something's you know, when he's got a new load, right? Is he going over, right? That's a big deal if it goes over. So he needs to know that information in real time. Yeah. But yeah. this information is very interpretive. It's not like 
you you have a particular scale here. You're not putting a scale. You're you're looking at the pressure uh, on the on the hydraulic system. Well, now that has to be interpreted. So now it has to go to our partner. They got to interpret it. Then we got to take it from our partner, bring it down to the driver in real time. So there are a lot of little back end, yeah. back and forth tricks and and exchanges that have to go on to make this happen. But because of the new edge technologies, once again, it's all consumer tech. Now these things are possible, and it's really, it's really sort of a, that's the fun part because you're able yeah. to solve, solve those problems for folks. Yeah. So that yeah, is. And I'm curious because when when ELDs were first implemented, I thought, oh, that'll just be a few years while. Uh, maybe the OEMs will manufacture and just plop these things into their trucks themselves. Uh, or, you know, there's 300 out there now. Eventually, it'll get down to, I don't know, a dozen or two dozen uh, providers. It's not happening as quickly as I thought it was going to happen. I'm curious, you know, a lot of people have just got, an, uh, uh, you know, let's just say a crappy ELD that sort of works on the basics of what the regulations say, but it's not capable and it's not going to ever be capable of what is coming in the future or what's here now, uh, what you guys have implemented yourselves. I'm just curious for those looking to transition, is it an easy transition? Is it an affordable transition? Owner operators, five, five carrier fleets. I know there's a, a wide range to this potential answer, but I'm just curious in their perspective, uh, you know, how can you address their, their fears, their transition fears? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think I would say, um, you know, if you're in a bad place with an ELD already, you're already you're not helping yourself by staying there, right? I think the hardest thing about moving ELDs is is you know potentially your lost productivity time, uh, your downtime for installation. So having a, a, a implementation plan to make it happen is critical. Uh, you know, it's a, so talking through that plan and understanding that plan and, and that depends on everyone else's business, right? So some people have businesses that where they're not driving during the night and there's open times there or maybe the weekend, but other people are driving all the time and there's, a, and that, and finding that right time to be able to do those things, or maybe you have your own mechanics. So, you know, those are things we always want to work with, with customers on and make sure that they know best, they know their business runs and we're happy to work with them and avoid as much of that downtime as possible. Um, I think there's that and there's the education piece, you know, so there can be certainly a learning curve for a new ELD. So having an ELD, you know, obviously you're moving to an ELD, you want to make sure you consider those little nuances of like, does the driver get it? Does it simple for him? Is it easy for him to get what he needs? Is it, is he able to call support and get a quick answer? We build in uh, kind of a, um, in uh, training guides and um, uh, that right into the ELD itself. So they can even watch videos and they can get some assistance and help if they need on those different things. So I think those things are just really critical that you have support, but if you don't have a solution you can feel good about, you don't feel, have a solution that you feel like, hey, you know, if, if a problem happens, they've got my back, like you got to run, right? You, that's that that's going to cost you in, 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 if not the short term, the long term for sure. But um, it's, yeah, it it's uh, your risk, is is directly going to be connected to the ELD provider you have. So the other thing that I know a lot of carriers, smaller carriers especially, okay, they were forced into this. They have an ELD uh, or a telematic device in their vehicle. Data is being tracked, but they're not utilizing that data. They're not taking advantage of it. I'm just curious with so many different types of tech that can go into your truck and the type of data that is being gathered, 
what are some tips and tricks to encourage these companies to, uh, you know, utilize the data, take advantage of the data. Sometimes it's maybe there's a report and then it's wrong information. Maybe there's like seven, eight different reports before they find the right information. Um, how is pedigree helping with that? And, and again, what's, what are some tips that they can have to sort of make that process smoothly? Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, there is a lot of data. And I think the tough thing about data is data can um, run you in circles and you could feel like you just, you know, you just wasted a bunch of time or you don't even know um, what you don't know. And so you, you're, so you got to take things one step at a time. Um, I think, you know, so we certainly are always looking into always having discussions. We view ourselves very much as a partnership for our customers, helping them to learn and leverage different different solutions. So more of a consultative partnership. And so, you know, I think we we are always listening, always trying to work with the customer. We we encourage those discussions. And if you want to even have a discussion now, we're happy to have those discussions, even without not as a customer and see where things can go. Um, but I, I think you gotta start in one thing at a time, right? Let's make a list of where our biggest headaches and problems. And so some of those are, you probably have people manually doing a bunch of, of reporting that we could just automatically have generated once a month for you, maybe for the purposes and things like that. And maybe um, the next step is uh, you've got um, compliance issues, right? Maybe there may be your uh, CSA scores low in this area and that we can uh, build this in a, what's your problem A, B, and C, and we're going to start from that. So there's, there's a lot. It's overwhelming. So we got to pick a starting point, and there's lots we can do. Um, let's just pick off one at a time. You know, and I and let me let me back up a little bit here. I think it's really important to start the conversation correctly with the customers. Like, here's what we can do. Here are all the training we have, and we continually update training. We do believe in working with partners like CNS, where, geez, you can come in and help because you are the compliance experts. And you can say, here's here's where you're weak, or here's where you can improve, dear customer. Um, and then the other thing that we're trying to do and work in different ways to communicate with, for instance, the safety director or a maintenance director or um, you know, the owner of the company, what we're doing is creating dashboards. We have all kinds of dashboards, but we're going to make it a role-based dashboard. So the so it says, okay, owner, you're interested in these types of features, great. The finance guy is going to be interested in and this type of stuff, the person handling uh, safety will be in interested in these. So at least they can get the information sent to them automatically versus having to go down to somebody and say, oh, I, I don't know how to use the system and pull the right port because somebody who's doing dispatch might not know how to pull a safety report, right? So there is a lot of information and that's, that's always the challenge in this business we're in because we're collecting a lot of data and you can parse it a ton of different ways. And so how do you simplify and deliver it to the right yeah. people at the right time. And that's and it goes along to the driver too, right? right. The driver right. has messaging or training or anything back to the driver or alerts. Do you want to do it at the right time? You know, certainly we do things, you know, the ELD is turned off at certain times and on at certain times when you're driving, you don't want to get stuff, right? So it's how you deliver the information at the right time and to, to the right role. So that's part of what we have to do and that's what we're doing. Yeah, and honestly, this is exactly what insurance underwriters, this is what they're doing. They're utilizing as much data as they can. I know InsureTech, um, you know, like CoverWhale has programs where they're utilizing the ELD data. They're utilizing, you know, maybe they're they're encouraging cameras and things like that. 
Um, you know, insurance, uh, I mean, there's, there's insurance captives out there for larger fleets that sort of push, um, make, tr pushing the companies to get more and more, uh, you know, higher, higher safety scores and, and in line and looking good so that insurance doesn't become such an issue anymore that it can, you know, if premiums going up, things like that, that you're worried about, that you can handle it. <laughs> And, and, you know, even just getting a baseline, you know, if you're not measuring it currently yeah. and you don't even know how you're doing, it could be improving, getting worse, you don't know. But if you, even starting at a baseline, right, we're just going to, because we're doing ELD purposes, we're talking to diagnostics on the truck and we're going to keep track of your fuel usage, for example, right? So if you just say, here's my fuel efficiency this month and next right. month, it's better, like, or it's worse. At least I know now and I, okay, what can I do to make a step to make improve that? Or I know yeah. idling, my idle percentage this month is last week is worse than this week. Okay, well, let's look. Here's the list of my drivers, and here's the worst offenders. Let's start with that. And at least you don't have to be perfect tomorrow, but yes. improvement it is going to save you dollars immediately. Exactly. And honestly, I think, you know, you know, so one of the things that's awesome, you guys partner with lots of different companies. I, I, on the list, there's, you know, DriveWise, um, you know, CNS is becoming a partner, so we, we're going to be utilizing... Uh, and helping with, with whether it's audits and, and um, you know, the compliance side of things, you, utilizing some of this data. You guys work with Traxon um, and so many more. I'm just curious, what are some of the newest uh, partnerships that you have? Uh, I think even this year, there's about three, three big partnerships that you guys rolled out. And, and what's potentially coming? Well, so some of the partnerships are rolling out with pieces of the technology. So we, we find... Bluetooth technologies, and we find the right tracking device that can receive those Bluetooth technologies. One of the things that we came out with uh, in the last year and a half was it was amazing because I, I actually come from the hardware world. We came up with essentially a, a low $100 type device that's a solar tracker that has tracking and Bluetooth capability. That's truly the definition of flick and stick or slap and track kind of scenario. So now I can go to as an example, you can go to companies who have trailers or who want to quickly upgrade the trailer. It's like, okay, that's not a big deal. That's easy to do. And later in the future, it's future-proofing. Now I can add on tire pressure management or door open, door closed, or humidity sensors if you want to do it with via Bluetooth. So that whole area is something that we're certainly, we see um, continuing to grow. And then other areas with predictive, um, we're talking to a, a few companies right now and some trials as well where we're, we're talking about looking at machine learning or AI, um, you know, for what driver fatigue. Um, there's some, some couple of different solutions out there. Some are taking a test and we prefer not to take a test. Wouldn't it be much more interesting if you can just look at the steering wheel behavior of a driver to tell whether you that driver is fatigued. Well, that's, that's what we're working on, right? With, with a partner. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. another, um, so, I mean, that, that's one. I'm just trying to think of the other one right now. Uh, just got it on the top of my head. Um, oh, I think I, I think the predictive the predictive uh, engine um, information about we talked about a little bit earlier. What's going on with that engine? What are the fault code fault codes coming out of it? And how is that being interpreted to tell you you're going to have a maintenance problem in a certain amount of time? And that gives you that kind of time. Uh, Josh, what are you going to say? I was just say, yeah, it goes both ways, right? So there's this, these cool uh, maybe software technology benefits like John's mentioning or even 
the the solar unit or there's a, a new unit we're going to be offering that just is a, a GPS tracker that's a taillight, right? So just two for theft problems, right? Those things, um, those little differentiations, those different, the right, the not trying to force a square peg in a round hole, finding the right solution to fit your problem. Those are really critical and having the right one that fits your business and your needs is really sweet, really, really cool. So um, yeah, how do we, how do we connect each of those technologies as we, as we grow? Exactly. So if you're out there watching and, you know, I don't want you guys coming to pedigree saying, Hey, I have an issue. Help me out. I, you know, violation came up first. I need a new ELD, something like that. Come check out us, CNS, you know, fill out the form below, give us a comment down below. We will help you get in proactive safety is what we preach. Proactive safety is really what pedigree preaches. Uh, go check them out go check us out and learn how we can help you get in compliance before you get in trouble and then getting that future proof in not with just the eld but walking your hand holding your hand through the whole process of all that future tech that can come and take advantage of the benefits in the end it's all about benefits it's reducing violations and fines it's reducing insurance premiums it's increasing safety increasing driver health uh, and and just really bringing drivers home safely to their families is everything that we want, everything that Pedigree wants. And so fill out the form below. Go check out Pedigree uh, on their website. Go check out. I'm sure they're going to be at Matt's and Gat's and other trucking shows across the country. Um, and as always, stay safe out there. <laughs>